Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And joining me, as always, is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hello. Hi, Keith. How are you? Great. And you? I am wonderful. Um, because, as always, mm-hmm. the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast <laughs> is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got news about Drake, ABBA, Ariana Grande, and One Direction. One Direction? You don't say. (laughs) Well, speaking of One Direction, we've got an interview with Niall Horan. Niall called in from the road on his Flickr World Tour to talk about the tour, his new song, Finally Free, from the movie Smallfoot, uh, the eighth anniversary of One Direction, and more. So stick around for that in just a little bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. So, let's get started with some Drake. So much Drake. So much Drake. I feel like this is the Drake cast. Hmm. It's like every week there's just some new thing to say about Drake. It's what happens when you're the most popular artist in America. Hmm. Um, Well, he holds on to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart for a third week with Scorpion, which earned 260,000 equivalent album units in the week ending July 19th, according to Nielsen Music. Funny, that number would be a huge number for any other album. An opening week? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For this year, for anyone else, that would be enormous. For him, that's his third week. Mm -hmm. Um, Further, over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, the album's track In My Feelings racks up a second week atop the list, thanks largely to the popularity of its viral dance challenge meme. Uh, The track racked up a record 116.2 million U.S. streams during the tracking week. Um, It beats the streaming record previously held by another gone viral hit, Bowers Harlem Shake, which of course had its own viral dance challenge meme thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it logged, it, the previous record, the previous streaming record was 103.1 million streams uh, back at the height of Harlem Shake's popularity in 2013. So it took five years for the uh, record to be beaten. That's wild. And it's been beaten because of this viral dance challenge thingy. I have to say one thing about this. Um, you actually have to be able to dance to do this. Yeah, I don't think I can pull this off. Like, this is, like, Harlem Shake was, like, hilarious videos that literally anybody could do. Oh, yeah, there wasn't You didn't dancing. need to have skills no. to do them. Barely in a Video rhythm. editing skills, maybe? That's about it. Yeah. But, um, yes, I have to say, and, and the man behind the dance moves uh, is named Shiggy. He is a social media comedian. Not Shaggy. Not Shaggy. Shiggy. Shiggy. He started the In My Feelings Challenge, I think it was the day Scorpion came out. That Friday, he literally posted a video where he made up this short little dance that goes along to the lyrics of In My Feelings and he called it hashtag do the shiggy. Sure. Although now I feel like it's more widely known as hashtag In My Feelings Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of celebrities have posted about it and we actually got to talk to Shiggy for the magazine, this uh, latest issue that has Kid Cudi on the cover. And if you go over to Billboard.com right now, you can see a little bit from this interview. He actually, we had him pick his favorite of the celebrity videos. Oh. And have you seen the Will Smith one? The Will Smith one is pretty nuts. I mean, it's like a it's like a Will Smith production. <laughs> like It's There's, like a full like movie, mini he's on, movie. He's on top of a bridge in like Budapest or something? Yeah, and yeah. he... Um, 
yes. And uh, that, uh, not surprisingly, is one of Shiggy's favorites. Mm, Um, The quote he had from our interview, he said, I was in shock. When I watched the video, I was like, hold on. What is he doing? I liked the fact that he made it a production. He made it a big thing. He had the drone. He had the selfie camera and somebody shooting it. He put a lot into it. It was exciting. Uh, totally agree with Shiggy. And mm-hmm. his two other celebrity favorites were Sierra's video with uh, a husband, Russell Wilson, as well. Yeah. And uh, Diplo's video, which has a hilarious cameo from Lil Jon. I haven't seen the Diplo one. I hadn't either until Shiggy picked it as one of his favorites and watched it does, in that article. Does Diplo dance in it? Um, sort of, yeah. And he's got these other like backup dancers doing the dance as well. And then Lil Jon just like jumps in at the end. For a perfect little John kind of, you know, yelling cameo, as, <laughs> as what, he does. As he does. <laughs> um, well, in other chart news, also on the Hot 100, Ariana Grande's God is a Woman debuts at number 11, giving the pop star her 28th Hot 100 hit and her 13th top 40 single. Right above Ariana, by God, it's Drake's God's Plan <laughs> at number 10. Such oh. a godly... Uh, Hot 100. It's a godly chart. Yes. It, it, it works in mysterious yeah. ways. Um... <laughs> Over on the Billboard 200, that's all I got. That's all I want. That's all the God you've got. There was nothing else to say. I just (laughs) wanted to mention God twice. Um, Over on the Billboard 200 chart, um, the soundtrack to Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again debuts at number 20. All Things ABBA got a bump this week as promotion of the new film ramped up. The movie opened in theaters on July 20th, the day after our sales and streaming tracking week ended. So that means we could see increased gains next week for ABBA and the Mamma Mia soundtrack. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but in the meantime, the original Mamma Mia soundtrack re-enters the Billboard 200 at number 89, while ABBA's Gold Greatest Hits album jumps from number 141 to number 86. Uh, overall, ABBA scored a 41% gain in album sales in the weekend in July 19th, rising to 8,000 sold, while the group's on-demand streams rose 20% to 7.6 million. And Who knew 2018 was going to be the year of ABBA? Who knew that 2008 was going to be the year of ABBA 10 years ago? <laughs> it is weird how, um, and someone someone said this more eloquently than me, but it was in association with um, the promotion of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, um, how there's like three different stages of, of people, or of ABBA, where it was like the initial like love of ABBA in the 70s, and then there's like some backlash to ABBA, where mm. they were like a little bit too kitschy, and then there was like the renaissance of ABBA, which basically is from Abba Gold and Muriel's Wedding. Yeah, I was going to say you can go back to Muriel's Wedding. And then that it just sort of... That's quite the movie, by the way. I hadn't seen that. I watched it, like, last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, a, I, it's like, what, I 25 years theater. too late? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, mine is a 20-second version. I actually kind of just went to the movie initially in theaters because I knew that before the movie started, they were going to show... Madonna's music video for ah, Bedtime Story. That's incredible. So like Madonna's Bedtime so Story video. So what year video, was that? Do you know? 1995. Yeah. Okay. So and, I was. And then I stayed for Muriel's wedding. That's so funny. But you just said you just saw it recently? Yes. Wow. And uh, I don't know. I think I just noticed that it was on some streaming service I have when I was binge watching a lot of movies. And, uh, and, and just wow is what I have to say. There was just a lot of twists and turns I did not expect in that movie. Yeah, it's not... Um, you think of it, it's like, oh, it's a wedding, it's fun. It's like, ooh, no. No, 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 no. it's dark, and dark. it's also... I mean, like, the ABBA aspect of it is very limited. <laughs> like, I was it's expecting way more. It. Exactly. You were expecting Mamma Mia. Oh, exactly. Mamma Basically. Mia, the wedding yeah. with Muriel. <laughs> not so much. Um, but yeah, it's like the ABBA's... Uh, uh, ABBA's 
like ever since Muriel's wedding and Abba Gold, it's sort of it's like snowballed, and then we have Mamma Mia the musical, and then the movie based on the stage musical, and then ten years later, but Abba is still going strong. And yeah. now at the end of this year, we're going to get two new Abba songs, their yeah. first new material in like thirty five years. Bonkers. So go Abba. Go Abba. Anyway, another band that uh, <laughs> makes you know, great pop music. Yeah, yes, exactly. Mm, sure. um, well, we're celebrating over on Billboard.com because uh, of eight years of One Direction. Sure. Uh, perfectly timed with this week's guest interview. Monday marked the eighth anniversary of One Direction. July 23rd. Eight years ago, Monday, July 23rd, 2010, five solo contestants from season seven of the UK's X Factor, Niall Horan, Harry Styles, Zayn Malik, Louis Tomlinson, and Liam Payne, were put together by Simon Cowell to form the boy band One Direction. Had it not been for Simon. He looks pretty brilliant right about now. I mean, he has lots of things that he can, you know, crow about, but this is especially, you know, <laughs> crazy that he put these five dudes together. He's eating a salad made out of cash right Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> At the time of their formation, Niall, Liam, and Harry were just 16 years old, while Zane was 17 and Louis was 18. Babies. Yeah. They were all babies. Literal. Um, three of the guys, Niall, Liam, and Louie, took to Twitter on Monday to celebrate the anniversary. Let's see what they had to say. Hmm. So Niall tweeted, wow, eight years of amazing memories with the lads. Thank you so much for standing by us for all this time. Liam said, what an incredible eight years it's been with my brothers. Thank you to all the fans that are still supporting and following our journeys. Love, LP. And Louie tweeted, where is the time gone? Hmm. Thank you so much to every single person who's ever supported us. Big love. And remember... If it's by One Direction and it's a banger, I probably wrote on it. Okay, Louie. <laughs> I like the way you injected a, a, a dash of humor there. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we haven't heard anything from Harry just yet, um, who is the last uh, remaining member of One Direction. Uh, but back on July 16th, which is when his solo tour wrapped up, he seemed to be kind of taking a step back from social media, um, tweeting, thank you to my band, the crew, and all of you for making this tour so wonderful. Treat people with kindness. Goodbye for now. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, okay, he's clearly taking a break from social yeah, media. Yeah, like he made it clear he's going to miss these things. If you've got something you'd like him to tweet about, he's going to miss it for a little you bit. You may have to email him. Or um, just phone him. And of course, Zane has not tweeted either. He was an original member, but he left before the group went on indefinite hiatus. Um, and he really doesn't tweet about these things anymore. So... <laughs> yeah, I mean, is he really much of a social media person in general? He is, but, like, he's currently got some new music that he's so promoting. He's working on that. Yeah. Um, and we were able to ask Niall about the anniversary since we spoke with him on the actual day, Monday. Total dink. Yes, it just all came together beautifully like that. We also got stuck in a little question about the future of the group, even. So <laughs> I'd say it's time to get into our chat with Niall Horan. Absolutely. Uh, Niall called us up from the road, uh, Nashville. Uh, You'll hear him say the word Nashville in just a moment, (laughs) where he's currently on his Flickr World Tour until September. We talked about why he says this is the most fun tour that he's been a part of, why we won't be getting any club bangers from him in the future. (laughs) Louis there for the club bangers. Maybe he should call Louis and they can work on a club banger together. Um, We talked about Niall's new song, Finally Free from Smallfoot, Mm -hmm. and of course, the eighth anniversary of One Direction. So here's our chat with Niall Horan. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Niall Horan, how are you doing, sir? I'm great, thanks. I'm here in Nashville. <laughs> oh, you said it perfectly. You, you said it with just the right kind of twang. <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, you're on tour right now, and you're in Nashville. The uh, the Flickr World Tour actually started back in March, but you just reached the U.S. a week or so ago, and then you continue on through September. So, um, you know, before this tour, you had a string of dates last fall. How do you think that you've kind of grown as a musician and a performer over this past year of all these concerts? Oh, yeah, loads. Um, the show has evolved. We've got, we all play a lot tighter together uh, as a band. Um, yeah, I think that happens with time. The longer you spend on the road, the more, the better you get. And this will stand me in, in good stead for when I go to, to record the next time because, you know, you're singing every night, you're nursing the, the vocal cords, and, yeah, it should make for a, a good vocal on the next album. And actually, you're out on tour with uh, Marin Morris, and you mentioned that you're in Nashville now. Do you think she'll have a, t- a chance to like show you around a little bit around Music City? Oh yeah, I'm, I've I've spent a lot, quite a lot of time in Nashville, so I feel like I know it. But it's great that um, Marin's on the road with us, and you know we've got um, we became really good friends, and you know her and her husband and her band and all her friends. You know we're all, we're all, we all hang out while we're here, and yeah, it's good. It's good to have a bit of local knowledge too. So we'll have a good we'll have a good time while we're here. Do you, do you get much time actually like downtime on the road like to do like fun things or are you always <laughs> kind of like on a tour bus in you know sound check on the stage and then you sleep or do you actually have time to do fun stuff um yeah well i've kind of i've done a lot of touring over the years so i've kind of learned how to schedule a tour without tiring everyone out too much um so i kind of schedule this one so we could have you know do a couple of shows have a day off you know, do a show, then have another day off, and we kind of, kind of do three, four shows a week. So it's um, it's been really fun. Just kind of, like I like to play a bit of golf, so I've got time for that. And you know, the the Americans in the crew all have you know great ideas for activities and days off and stuff like that. So it's been it's been a really good laugh. Okay, so the the Americans that you speak of, what is their <laughs> idea of fun? Because it, that almost sounded like there's a there's got to be a story there. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they've you know toured. Especially like Marin's band, you know, they spend a lot, the country folk spend a lot of time on the road um, around the states, so they kind of know each town that we go to and and stuff like that. So if we have time or we have a day off, we'll kind of look ahead to see what's coming up, what cities are coming up, and what we can do there. Um, yeah, so it's been no, we've been really enjoying it, and um, yeah, this is definitely the most fun tour that I've been part of because I can actually get out and see cities that I'm in for a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little bit different in the uh, One Direction days, uh, slightly more yeah. chaotic, yes. Um, well, you exactly. started... Yeah, exactly. Um, you started your Flickr album campaign, um, gosh, a little under a year ago, I guess it was like last September, um, with the ballad yeah. uh, This Town, and then you turned up the tempo a bit with Slow Hands, and I love that track, mm-hmm. and... Um, then you slowed it back down with too much to ask, and then it got more up tempo with on the loose. So basically, what I'm leading up to, Niall, is are we going to get like a club banger next? That's <laughs> where I want. That's, that's where I want to see you go. No, there won't. No, there won't be club bangers. I'm afraid. No, why not? Yeah, stay, come gonna, on, come on. Why not? I'm going to stay. In, I'm going to stay in my lane. <laughs> that can be your lane. I'm, you can uh, you can share multiple lanes. Uh, well, I, I don't mind. Yeah, I kind of I kind of base it on I kind of base the album making on you know, stuff that I grew up on and what I know about music. And to tell you the truth, I know zero about, like, dance music or club bangers, as you call it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure some... some. Fo- I mean, I know you love Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles and, and, and uh, mm. you know, a lot of those kinds of acts. They had, you know, some 
dance they didn't have jams. club bangers yeah i guess maybe not i wouldn't it not like no. full-on like club banger but you know you can dance to fleetwood mac no ish no oh yeah you can yeah, yeah that's where that's where i've got um that's why i had um slow hands and uh on the loose there were they're my version of a banger. <laughs> well, we look forward to the dance remixes then right, of right. those tracks. <laughs> and, you know, we were reading that you had intended on writing and recording your second album while on the road this year. So what's your progress been like so far? Yeah, not very good. Um, <laughs> I find some people are, like, really good at that, where they can just, on any downtime they have, just sit down and write multiple songs um, and I I found that I just can't like there's so much going on and if you actually want to tour and see the city that you're in you know you got no time for that and then on show day there's a you know strict schedule that we try and stick to and I'm just really struggling to kind of get into that mindset because if you're not going to put 100% into it there's no point doing it so I found like when I went home after Europe after we toured Europe I found that I, I like I wrote two or three songs in a couple of days, just sitting at the piano, like I did on the last album, where I was just sitting at home, guitar in hand, sitting at a piano or whatever. Um, it just kind of at my most chilled, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's not going very well on the road, but I will be, you know, kind of disappearing after the tour and and taking a couple of months off and then going for it properly and just writing until I can't write anymore. Well, and you said you're actually like getting some downtime and then you can live some life and have some material to write about when you get the chance to sit down. Exactly. That's what it's all about. You can't, you can't have nothing to write about unless you've lived it. it I, I was actually kind of wondering because when you did the cover story for Billboard like a year ago, there was there was a, mm. a quote in there where you talked about, and I'm, I'm going to terribly misquote you, but you said <laughs> something along the lines of you had a whole bunch of songs, but most of them were shite um and and then you and then you whittled it down to the album's worth of songs and and Mm. uh, you eventually found the group of songs that you were really happy with um is it difficult for you to 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 say okay this is the song i know i want to have on the album like is it hard for you to kind of like decide well what's what's my favorite out of all these tracks you kind of get an idea as you're going like if you've written 10 songs that week and two of them stand out you'll kind of stick them two to the side hmm. and maybe you know and then I don't know it's it's hard to explain it's kind of a feel thing as you're going you have a fair idea of what's going on it's just it usually comes to you know like for instance in two days I wrote Slow Hands on the Loose and a song on the album called Fire Away wow and they stood they stood out that week obviously and then I was like right put them to the side and you kind of keep going like that it's kind of a process of elimination type thing um, but yeah, it's there's obviously then when you come to the end of it and you you know you want to make sure that you got everything you want on it and stuff like that. You kind of revisit a couple and maybe keep like for instance, I thought the album was finished before Christmas, and then I still had some writing sessions in the diary for January and February, and probably wrote another third of what's on the album right now. So you kind of I'm one of those people that never really knows when I'm finished <laughs> as well. So yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, play by ear type thing. Um, well, uh, speaking of writing music, you have a new single called "Finally Free," uh, which mm. you co-wrote and is from the film yeah. Smallfoot, which opens in theaters on September twenty eighth. Why did you want to be a, a part of this movie and have your music in it? Yeah, it was, it was actually really cool and organic how it happened. Um, 
yeah, the the movie people got in touch. Two two brothers are directing the directing the whole movie, you know, from animation to who was in it and blah blah blah. And then they got in touch. And kind of said, uh, you know, we we kind of like the lane you're in and uh, music wise, and would I be up for kind of writing some songs for the for the soundtrack? And then I was kind of I was at the time I was on I was on tour and. Again, you know, as I said, I struggle to kind of put one. It's like if if a big movie company come to you and say, "Can you write some songs for a soundtrack?" You want to nearly be on time off to kind of just put 100% of yourself into that. Um, but I, uh, after I had a couple of weeks off and I was back in LA, and after I kind of told them that I couldn't write a load of songs, it turned out that a good friend of mine, Julian Benetta and uh, and John Ryan, they were kind of who I'd written a lot of the 1D stuff with, and I wrote Slow Hands with, and are good friends of mine they had been given the executive producer for uh the executive producer job for the movie for the music <laughs> yeah i know it was great it was honestly it was brilliant and then uh yeah so i went around to their to their place uh one day and we were just hanging out and uh hanging out with their studio and then we just ended up kind of you know you, you're for a project like that you're kind of nearly given like a brief you know there's a you're given not kind of given a brief but you're you get to watch scenes of the movie and then you kind of go off and kind of write, you know, like a, like a kind of like a concept album type thing, I think is what, what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So we sat down and we, and we wrote that and, um, yeah, they had kind of, they had written the chorus and then we'd kind of, um, I'd kind of come in and put my touch on it. But, um, yeah, so it was kind of really organic and it turned out all right. I would have loved to have done a few more tunes cause that kind of thing is right up my street, that kind of folky, um, up, Tempo, Some might say you know, jingly, fun. Niall. <laughs> yeah, jingly, there you go. <laughs> jingly, jingly? I don't know. Um, you, you were saying that they asked you to write some songs, plural. Did you end up writing more than one, or mm. is this is this the only one? Yeah, that was the only one I got around to doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had I was I was on I was <clears throat> I was off from tour and I was just in LA and I was just hanging out. So um, yeah, that was the only one I got around to. Sadly, do you know two of them more? Do you know where the song is going to be in the movie at all? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, hopefully, something good. <laughs> <laughs> not quite sure about that. Well, I, I wasn't, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't the, sure the, if it was a know, secret. Uh, the, movie are, uh, the movie people are, are making a big deal out of it, and that makes me feel good about our songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> we have a feeling that you'll probably have the opportunity to write more for, for films and whatnot down the road, too, so this won't be your last mm. last one. I, I, I wanted to ask well, a hopefully. I wanted to ask a question. You know, we talked about how you're touring and you you've basically been on the road. It seems like, well, effectively since like last like August. I mean, because you had the Flicker sessions, mm-hmm. and then you took sort of the holidays mm-hmm. off, but you were promoting the album, and then you sort of started this tour properly, the Flicker tour, um, in March. It, it, I know you have a home in L.A., but have you really had any time to be at home in the past like mm-hmm. six months? Yeah, it's, I, I I like to do things in blocks. So we did start the album promo in September. Album came out at the end of October. Kind of promoted right up till Christmas. Then stopped for two months. So that's the album promo in my head, out of the way. And then, um, yeah, and then totally stop, chill, and then restart, put a tour together, and then head out on the road. So the tour ends up being from March until the end of September. So six, six months, I think. Six or seven months. And then stop, and then I'll, that'll be me. Then for I'll kind of take some time off um, and chill out, and then 
go as I said go writing again and, and start it all again but I don't want to I don't want to and I've said to everyone and I've sat with the label and my management and blah 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 and I kind of want to do it like I did the last time where I took as long as I could to make sure it's right and and make sure that I don't come back like spend a year away and then come back with a lot of crap I'd rather <laughs> wait and I'd rather wait until those till them big songs come and if you know time is time is of the essence so I want to use it um, is there any chance, uh, and I know we're coming up on uh, when we are are supposed to let you go, but <laughs> um, is there any chance of maybe extending the tour past September, or is that going to be the hard end of of the run? Yeah, it's, that's that's kind of it. Like you know, I've done the UK, I've done Ireland, I've done Europe, um, most of mainland Europe. Then we went down to Australia and New Zealand, and then all you need is Africa and Antarctica. Asia, Asia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, nearly hit every continent, um, and then. Yeah, kind of. We did South America for the last few weeks, uh, and then into Mexico, and then yeah, kind of North America now. You know, America slash Canada for the next kind of. I think it's like two months today we finish. Um, so uh, yeah, so we're we're having a really good time. I have to say it's been definitely the most enjoyable tour uh, I've been on. I got out and seen places that I've never seen before, but been in a thousand times. I've played to like especially these american shows now i'm playing outdoors nearly every night um and i think my music kind of lends its hand to these kind of amphitheater type venues that i'm playing to um and you know you learn so much about yourself every night and the band and the crowds are completely different every night and yeah it's kind of hasn't hasn't become monotonous in any way shape or form so i'm really really enjoying it i have to say and one final question before we let you go. Um, we're actually talking to you on July 23rd, which is, as we know from your Twitter, <laughs> the eighth anniversary of when One Direction formed. Um, you know, you got, Indeed, and the yeah. guys uh, all celebrated online. On a day like this, does it kind of make you reflect on, on where you've come from with 1D? Or does it make you think about where you guys are all at now and what could ever happen with the group in the future? Yeah, I guess it's a, a mix of both. Um, um, you know, it all kind of kind of came about real quick, and before we knew it, we a number one album in America, and we were selling out arenas, and we were, you know, globally successful, if you like. Um, and we had a great time, you know, while we were doing it. And this is kind of like a little chapter in the middle where, you know, we're doing we're doing our own thing again, being all being successful at it. Um, I'd like to think, and uh, selling tours and and you know, being out on the road and making tunes that we all want to make. And yeah, it's kind of a bit of both. And then, yeah, we'll kind of see what happens in the future, I suppose. But yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, uh, it's, it's hard to believe it's been eight years. Like I get people coming up to me and like meet and greets. Like today I was in Urban Outfitters and a girl said, I've been a fan since I was 12. And she was like 20. And I was, like, <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> that is, um, that even makes me feel old and I'm only 24. So it's, uh, it's just like, oh my god! It's a bit of a yeah, it's a bit of a shock to the system when you hear stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been amazing, like to be part of people's lives, basically. You know, a lot of people you read online, and you're like, oh, One Direction was basically a part of my teenage years, and you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. And that's, I think, that's like quite a cool thing to be able to have in your resume. I just did the math, and I I totally forgot that you were 16 when One Direction started. I'm like, wait, is that possible? Is that real? (laughs) My gosh. Yeah, the fans grew up with you. Goodness gracious. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And hope they they keep doing that. 
Absolutely. Well, yeah, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, it's been so great chatting mm-hmm. with you, Niall. Best of luck to you on the tour. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And uh, I'll hopefully see you soon. Sounds Thanks, good. Niall. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Thanks again to Niall for taking the time to chat. He's so great. Oh, my God. It was just super friendly, super fun, and so kind to offer up a little, you know, a little one D love for the fans. You know, I mean, it's it's um, yeah. I mean, it was a, it's who I think. I mean, I think he's just very much like yeah. If if something happened, if all the boys want to get back together again and do something, he's like, I'm in. Yeah, for sure, very much. Yep. But we don't know. Maybe it'll happen. And in the meantime, we get his new single, finally free, from Smallfoot, and a tour, and a tour. <laughs> it's, it's it's it is really. I mean, and I. I, I guess I could have said this in the in the in the interview, but I I wasn't sure how to fit it, it in now. There. Say it now when I'm we're not talking to him. <laughs> but I just think it's re- I mean what they've done is very similar to what the Spice Girls did, where all of them went on to have really in, a, a large amount of individual success, which that is not always the case for sure. a pop group, because like in sync we have. Justin clearly and everyone else has done their own things but Justin there always only seemed room for one success story from a lot of groups you know, yeah and 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 there's no rhyme or reason necessarily but I, I think there was probably some brilliance in how when One Direction worked together they made sure that everyone got to have all of their they all shined mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't like there was just one there person. was no front man no and um you know yeah, I just think I mean, it's great I would say happened. that they'll probably not no shade because I love the Spice Girls. They'll if if they haven't already will surpass that like individual success even like they just all feel like on a track for impressive careers and they already yeah. Have but done which a lot. one of them will have their own fashion line like Victoria? Ooh, who's gonna be the posh? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I nominate Louis. He dresses really nice. Yeah, and I think Niall has also claimed he's, he's like you know he barely like knew anything about clothing until people were just like here, like saying here wear oh. this. He wears gra- great glasses. Always has great eyewear. Niall. Niall. Mm-hmm. M- maybe he has an eyewear collection. Mm, we'll see. I, I don't know. Niall can call us <laughs> we, back. We, we can forgot do, to ask him. <laughs> we can do an interview just about your alleged doesn't exist eyewear collection. I don't know. Anyway, um, well now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Ah, the sweet sounds of air supply. (laughs) This week in 1981, the pop duo hit number one on the Hot 100 with the song you just heard, The One That You Love. I don't know what voice this is. This is your AC radio voice. It was the ex-only chart topper, and it led the list for just one week on the tally dated July 25th, 1981. You were doing better with your quiet storm voice a second ago. Fun fact. (laughs) Air Supply charted 13 hits on the Hot 100, and six of them featured the word mm. love in their title. Thank you for not making this a quiz, Katie. Oh, yeah. So uh, here are the uh, six of the 13 Hot 100 hits the Air Supply had with love in their title. Katie, would you like to start with the first one? Lost in Love, mm-hmm. which went to number three in 1980. Then we had All Out of Love. That's the one I could have guessed. I'm all out of love. Yeah. I'm so lost without you. It went to number two <laughs> in 1980. And then we have the one that you love, right? Um, then we had Young Love, uh, which went number thirty, number thirty-eight in nineteen eighty-two. Making love out of nothing at all. Making love 
Out of nothing. Another number two hit, 1983. And then The Power of Love, which went to number 68 in 1985 for Air Supply. And yes, this is the song that Celine Dion covered and would later take to number one in 1994. It's a jam. So there you have it this week. A duo full of lots of love. (laughs) Full of lots of love. Air Supply hit number one on the Hot 100 with The One That You Love. I'll tell you what, my friend who's like my age loves Air Supply. It's like she would name them as her favorite group. Has seen them live. Wow. Lots of times. I don't know how this happened. I mean, I love the Eagles, so I guess I can't really talk. Like, but... but but she, but you, but you're younger than me, so therefore, like I would have a closer connection to Air Supply. But still, even then, like I was really small. This is like a 37 year old woman. She might, yeah, she, I think she's a year older than me. Yeah. So she would have been like one when Air Supply. Yeah. Was so it must have been like her parents must have been jamming to some some sweet sweet adult contemporary when wow. she was growing up. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with some Air Supply. I guess it hits. wasn't contemporary. Then. <laughs> they would have been on pop radio at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also big on AC radio. But yeah. anyway, we would digress. So what song <laughs> what what song should we show on go on? It feels like um, I'm just gonna go ahead and save you there. Um Thanks. even though we heard a little bit of One Direction earlier, it feels like our eight years of one D show maybe a little Do you end with their first big hit, What Makes You Beautiful? I think that's a great idea. Okay, great. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.